0: for coming so um this is kind of just what we do we're at life of faith we're endeavoring to just to build a church family where we get to know one another uh, share life together share where we are in our journeys together so whenever we gather like this again this is truly a time to ask questions to make comments you're not interrupting whoever's speaking today that's me you're not interrupting anything this is what while we do that and i just felt especially what we're about to talk about this morning, because we've been talking for a time on the reality that we are blessed. So being blessed isn't just a nice church phrase, nor is it just what goes on a pillow or on a nice lady's shirt. You know, y'all have seen that that says blessed. You know, Those are true things, but the reality that we have been blessed by God, that is who you are, right? Especially if your faith and trust is in Jesus, right? If you've given your life, if you will, to the Lord, then Paul said he has blessed you. We talked about it, and I'm just catching you guys up so you know where we're coming from. Okay. So um, we talked about some weeks ago that when we look at even the creation story, so God makes mankind, and, and here you go, a little test to the church family, and what was the very first thing God did after he made Adam and Eve? He blessed them. You know, it says in Genesis chapter one that God made man from the dust of the earth, made him breathed into him, made him a living spirit. And his very first action was God said, and I have blessed you. Right. So what is God's default position with man?
1: Blessed.
0: You were blessed. So God's default position, his heart towards mankind is a heart to want to bless us. Right, He is not have, and again, I know we come, God is not interested in cursing anybody. <laughs> okay. We're, we're doing really good on our own, right? We don't, <laughs> we don't need any divine help in that department. We can do, I can do a good job of cursing Brad's life all by my little lonesome, right? But God's heart is to bless us, right? And to be good to us and to be abundant with us. Right, we we actually got this week, we got the privilege of going to Tony's dad's house up in Hartzell. Uh, we went on Friday night and picked muscadines. And I like what Penny said. She had somebody family called a monkey dimes. And I thought that was my little kid. But so we went and picked monkey dimes. Um, and so, but we were looking the just, if you ever done, just the bush, the vines were just overloaded. Like, I mean, one of those ones where you're, you know, you're trying to get the berries off and you got the bucket up under there and there's so many falling off and they're bouncing all over the ground. And, you know, and you're trying to, you know, and we talked the whole evening about look at God's nature. Yeah. That little example is God's nature that he has and everything. He wants to be abundantly good, abundantly blessed. He wants to pour out these things upon all of us. Right. And so that is God's nature. That's where he begins. Right. And then from there, you and I get the privilege of just managing. Right. Stewarding for a good church word, but managing is our more modern word, the blessings that he gives us. And many people, especially when it comes to money or to finances, where most of us, um, Or experience in our problems is not in the lack of blessing, but it's not knowing how to manage. It's not understanding, okay, God is blessing me this way. How do I manage what He has blessed me with? How do I take care of it? How do I cause it to grow? How do I cause it in this life to increase? Right? And so, with that, I don't know if I've said this yet, because remember, in the things of the kingdom, there is always two sides. To what's happening? There's the God side, Mm -hmm. what God has done for us,
2: how He's set things up to work,
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all of that,
2: the laws that govern everything for Mm -hmm. us,
0: and then there's a man side, or our side. Have you ever heard that before? Is that a concept that's new to anybody? Because many, I
3: don't think I've heard it said that
0: way. Yeah. Well, so what happens, Kurt? So many times is is we throw everything over the God side. We pray about it.
1: Just, just, pray about just pray about it. it. Just
0: pray. Or, it's in, or it's in sovereignty. Well, I guess yeah. God didn't want to. Right? God chose to do something different. It was God's will, was God's will whatever that might have been. Right? But there is a God side and there's a man side. Again, to put some good churchified language on it. Right? Since we're in church. Right? One side, the God side we could call Grace. Everything God has done for us because of who he is, is grace. The man's side, we could call faith. Our response to what God has done. Does that make sense? And, and y'all have heard me say this before. You know, Pastor Leon Fontaine in Canada said it like this. He said, you know, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. And so, what we tend to do is drive in the ditches. On one ditch over on the grace side is what we were just saying is called the sovereignty of God. Hyper grace is God is in control of everything, God is making all the decisions, and we're just puppets on a string, just putting up with whatever God has decided to happen. And that's way over here. Right? Well, the other ditch on the other side could be called hyper faith. And that means I've got to make sure I'm praying right, speaking right, talking right, doing right. Because if not, then I'm going to mess up over there. And those are the two ditches. But what life is about is literally living in the balance of what God has done, the God side, and our side, our faith, how we respond. Does that make sense? Can we, Let's just start. Any questions on that so far as we talk about any of this before we go? Just giving a bit of a background review. I loved it. Like Kurt says, that's a new thought. Does that help at all?
3: It's just the way you said it. Before, I think
0: that's a personal thought. Gotcha. Okay. Anybody else? So there's a God side grace, there's a man side faith, our positive response to what God has done. So, what we're talking about is one aspect of the fact that we're blessed is this aspect of our side of generous giving, right, to be generous in our giving, to be consistent in our giving, right? And again, for all the new people here, I'm, not, I'm not gonna take up an offer. We take up offerings it's in the buckets in the back. <laughs> Help yourself, you can give, right? Because um, normally you hear preachers talk about this kind of stuff and everybody instantly kind of goes for their wallet just a little bit. and there's about to be an extra offering, And, and then I, I just want to talk about the concept. But, uh-huh. And
2: it was really neat because I was chatting with our kids about this and there's a generosity of spirit that really has nothing to do with money. It just has to do with being generous in your spirit towards people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for example, if you've ever raised any kiddos and they're little and they have a sibling or a cousin or a buddy and they're playing and one of them kind of falls because the other one sort of maybe tripped them, not on purpose. Generously <laughs> <helped> them. <laughs> but, but you know, was it wasn't purposeful. A generous of spirit would be like, oh, I'm sorry, come on, let's get up, let me help you up. But you have to train that into them because typically they stand there and go, I don't know, yeah, yeah, walk away, you know? <laughs> but as adults, we do the same thing a lot of times. You know, you see people in need and, It might have you might have been involved, you might not have been, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm comfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I'm just gonna walk away instead of having that generosity of spirit to go. Well, I may not have what you need, but are you okay? Can I help you? Let me help you up. Let me chat with you. Mm -hmm. Let me comfort you. Let me. There's just this generosity of spirit that comes. Absolutely. And so sometimes it's let me help you pay for your lunch, but not always. Sometimes it's just the fact that you cared. Yeah. The fact that you, you went out of your way to talk to them yeah. and say something about it that you noticed. Yeah. There's that, just that generosity of spirit, which is, is rooted in not just looking at my own little life right here and what I need, but opening up and looking out there. Yeah. So that's where it starts
0: anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and that's good to you say, say, remember, there's two names in the Old Testament for God. Again, we probably know him. He's called Jehovah Jireh. Y'all remember that? And what does that phrase, that name of God mean? God provides. God, the God who provides. Mm-hmm. And there's another name of God in the Old Testament. His name was called El Shaddai. And what does that name mean? Y'all remember? The God who is abundant. Mm-hmm. So just, I, I point those two things out. And again, as we talk about this, that... So we know God as he is the God that provides and he is the God that is abundant, Mm -hmm. right? One of the ways I read the term El Shaddai Mm -hmm. uh, in a different version of the Bible, it said he is the open-handed God. Mm -hmm. That this is his posture posture towards us, Mm -hmm. is his hand is open. Mm -hmm. He's not the tightwad God. Right again. I heard one minister say it like this: He is El Shaddai; He is not El Chipo.
1: <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> you know, and so He doesn't have His. He's not clenching His fist and withholding, but He is abundant and generous. Right, and He provides, and because we are His kids, that is who we are. We also are providers, and we are generous as part of our nature. Right? So who is he? Who's the God side? Well, he p- provides and he is abundant. Mm-hmm. What is my side? Okay, then I look for the ways that I provide. And we know that really well, again, as we should in our homes, our households, taking care of our families, but I'm also generous, mm-hmm. right? And I'm generous at home mm-hmm. and I'm generous outside of home. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So all of that is just a little bit of a review as we move forward, right? Mm-hmm. So here in in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, so now let's talk about giving. Because there is a a consistent teaching throughout Scripture about giving, offerings, um, alms, tithing. All of these concepts are all throughout Scripture. But in the New Testament, Paul lays down... The practical New Testament frameworks of what I'll call it New Testament giving looks like. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So this is now Paul in these two chapters is going to show us, oh, this is what New Testament giving looks like. And it starts in verse 1 of chapter 8. He says, and let me back one little thing and finally, there's a little bit of a backstory. So Paul was taking up an offering from the Corinthians. For the church that was in another place called Macedonia. So there was a group of believers in Macedonia who had a need. And Paul is going around on his missionary journey. And he's collecting offerings from the different churches of his to send it to Macedonia. So that's the backdrop. So Paul says to the Corinthians, Moreover, brothers, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. I'm sorry, he wasn't taken up for, for Macedonia. He was taken up for Jerusalem. He was taken up from Macedonia. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their generosity. So now here, let's answer this first question. So the Macedonian church, Paul is using them as an example. Were they poor or were they rich? It
2: says here
0: they were poor. They were poor. Deeply poor. Deeply poor. So I say this to say, sometimes when it comes to generosity and giving, one of the biggest excuses that we all make sometimes Mm -hmm. is, well, I don't have enough, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I don't have enough to give. I don't have enough. It's already tied over here. And here, Paul is using this church. And now a little bit of the contrast is, is the Macedonian church was poor. The Corinthian church was wealthy, Right? So I'm going to do some good old Alabama translation of the Bible, right? Okay. We, we might say like the Macedonian church was over at Brookside, right? And the Corinthian church was down in Mountain Brook, right? They were like Church of the High. They were the Mountain Brook. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? The comparison And here, Paul says, hey, listen, they, they were deeply poor, but that didn't determine their generosity. And I love what Selena said before that generosity is not determined about the state of our bank accounts. Generosity is determined from our hearts. Right? There's not, not a number amount. And you're going to see that all throughout the New Testament stuff. It is not a numbered amount. Verse three, he says, because I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability. Now notice these next four words. What does it say? They were freely... Willing is that what y'all's translation? That's the New King James is what I'm reading. What does it say there? What does the NIV say? Entirely on their own. Entirely on their own. Right. It says here, according to their ability, they were what? They were. I'm in chapter eight, verse three. I'm reading in the New King James. What does it say in your Bible, Miss Eloise? They were willing of themselves. As I said, I, I want you to now really underline and highlight that phrase because Paul starts out and says, All New Testament giving is willing. It's willing. See, in the Old Testament, they were bounded by certain laws that they must do this. Paul here in the New Testament says, No, 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 now. Because of what Jesus did, now all of our giving is freely willing. What did you sound like the way yours said it? It Willing of their own. Willing of themselves. Right? They were willing to do it. So even though Paul says, here is this church that were really, really poor. And Paul says, man, they, they looked at their ability, but they really gave beyond their ability but they did it willingly. Right? I'm going to say something that might be... Guys, listen. Don't give anything anymore that you're not willing to give. Please, don't give anything to anyone or any ministry, any person, any church that you're not willing to give Because New Testament giving is based on your willingness. Now that's one side. Now the other side of the coin is this one. Right? If you haven't given in a while for whatever reason, I'm going to ask you to consider getting willing.
3: Right. Does that make sense?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Message version. Uh-huh.
3: This groups it together one through four. Yeah. The last part says they gave offerings of whatever they could dash far more than they could afford pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. That's right. So they were poor but they were giving the poor Christians.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. Well you read this on me. It says that verse four says in my Bible says that the Macedonians were imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So that <laughs> they, they were begging. So, so again, in our imagination, I want us to imagine this. Hey buddy, I want us to imagine this, right? So here is this Macedonian church who Paul says they were poor. They heard about the need of the people in Jerusalem and they wanted to give. Their, their heart was, man, I, I just, I want to give. So they went above and beyond. And Paul later in this, he says, they really, Paul says, I, I really tried to stop them. Yeah. <laughs> Paul says, I really, really, really tried to say, whoa, 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 whoa. So y'all slow, slow your roll down, right? No, this y'all is, don't y'all don't have, don't have it. Y'all don't have it. Y'all need to stop. And, and these people were saying, mm-hmm. no. We beg you for the privilege of doing this. So, guys, listen—that's the heart of all our giving now.
3: And also, that the next verse says that it was totally spontaneous and out of their own idea. Yes. You know, so it wasn't brought on by somebody trying to preach at them. Hey, you need to give. That's exactly right. So that's a good heart.
0: That's a great, so you see, this is what I want to, see this heart of New Testament giving? That's what we're, we're unpacking here, right? Because I understand and I'm just going to address all the elephants in the room. Can I, because how many of you have, have you heard preachers reach back over into the altar and go, you're robbing God. Anybody ever heard a good old preacher say that, right? You, for it one way or that's right. You're robbing. Listen, you ain't robbing God of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, again, that was spoken in a time. Now, I believe, should we tithe? Absolutely. Right. Should we tithe? Man, yes, we should. Right. But willingly. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Should we give alms to the poor? Man, absolutely. Willingly. Right. Should we just bless random people? Willingly, right? Everything now in the New Testament is done with this because you have been blessed. Now you can actually be willing. Does that make sense? Remember Remember in the Old Testament, y'all understand, y'all know why God put all those rules in place in the Old Testament? Have y'all ever heard or understood it wasn't so you would keep them? Did y'all know that? God didn't put all those things in the Old Testament so you would actually obey them. He tells us, Paul said, he put those things in the Old Testament to show us, well, shoot, no matter how hard I try, I can't do that. You couldn't remember all that You couldn't. And then on top of it, if you could, if you missed one of them, you missed all of them. So the whole point was to show us, without you, Lord, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't make myself right. I can't be good enough. I can't be holy enough on my own. I can't, in my own best effort, do this. Well, let's apply that to this whole idea, again, of giving, right? The whole point now was, as they say, there was all these, you gotta give this, and you gotta give this, and you gotta give it this way, and you gotta give it at this time, and you gotta bring it just like this. And it was really that same thing, was to be this, ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you, on top of that, and you better do it. That was a little bit of a, you, now you gotta do it, or you are robbing God. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole point of that exercise was to show us, oh Lord, you, you have got to bless me. You have got to do oh. something. You Grace, there's gotta be a God side. And now that we know that the God side has come in the person of Jesus, now... Man, now I can be willing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, I, now, wow, because now I'm not doing it because it's being demanded. I'm doing it because he has blessed me. Yeah. Do you see that difference? Mm-hmm. Right? I really want y'all to see that. And that's now everything. That's the giving, but that's everything about everything. our finances. Now we get to willingly go to work. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, and that's a, I know that's a brain bender for us, right? You know, cause I mean, I'll, I'll clean up my language just a little bit because there's guests here. I'm sometimes the preacher that swears just a little bit. So if that happens, y'all, please forgive me. You know, but as my brother would say, you know, it may not be your dream job, but it is your darn job, <laughs> right? <laughs> it feeds you. But for us as believers, it doesn't matter if it's my dream job or not. I now know I can go anywhere because God said, whatsoever I put my hand to, mm-hmm. he will prosper that the blessing lives because the blessing is now in me. So I can show up at the dead end job and it's no longer dead. Mm-hmm. I can show up because God is in here and I can bring him present in this thing. Does that make sense? So-, so it changes the whole aspect, mm-hmm. Right. I now get to willingly work, I get to willingly serve, I get to willingly do, right? I get to willingly, that whole, I get to willingly be, and I get to willingly give. So now it comes from a whole nother place. Does that help? All right, so you know, let's keep reading. I love this. He says that they begged us that they would receive the gift and the fellowship to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, he says in verse five, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. So that's another point I want you to underline. Your giving always begins with you give yourself to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right? All giving begins with Lord, I'm giving myself to you. You're my provider. You're my abundant one. You take care of me. I give myself to you. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do about this? What do you want me to give? What do you want me to do? Who do you want to connect me with? Y'all have heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. I believe every Christ follower, you need to seriously consider three basic areas. If you're doing a budget, three basic areas that you give to. You need to give to wherever your home church is. Right, wherever that is. If that, again, I'll use us here. If you call us here your home church, then I want you to prayerfully consider about what you give here. But you also need to give to other ministries or people who do things, and you've heard me say this before, who do things that ring the bell of your heart. Right? How do you know it rings the bell of your heart? You end up either really excited or really mad. I mean, that's what I've seen. Two things happen. You hear about somebody doing something, and you go, oh, wow, yeah, more of that needs to happen, and you get all excited. Or the other thing happens, you go, well, dadgummit, see, that's the problem with the church today. If just more people were doing stuff like that, whatever that is, then we wouldn't have our problem. Well, okay, that's ringing the bell of your heart. Now, my only caveat, and you've heard me say this before, is if it makes you mad... You probably also need to pray about God. Is this what you're asking me to do?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know,
0: know, Lord, is this what you're asking me to do? Uh, Because this is making me mad for another reason, and it's probably because I ain't doing it. Does that make sense? (laughs) I'm probably mad at me more than I'm the other person that's not doing it. That's right. (laughs) Right, all that stuff. That's right. All that stuff is there. So, that I mean? But you need to give to those kind of things. And then I love, and then you, I heard Brother Keith Moore say this, and then you need to have some folding money. You need to just have some money in your pocket at all times mm-hmm. that's there to just do good deeds with throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Right? And I like what Brother Keith, I was listening to him this week, and, and I invite you if that needs to start with ones, start with ones. Yeah. But let's believe God that it goes from a wad of $1 bills to a wad of $5 bills. Then we'll bump it to Mm 10s, and then we'll bump it to 20s, and then we'll bump it to 50s until we can all get to the place where we all have a wad of hundreds stuck in our wallet somewhere just to give away. And it's just there to, you know, I, I, I was so tickled. It happened to me at the restaurant yesterday. I was there running the register and a young guy came up and he, he looked all conspiratorial and he was looking around and he leaned in and I leaned in and he says, hey, I wanna buy the next people's food. And I said, okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so we rang up a bill and he stepped away and somebody walked up and the guy bought three cookies. And I said, all right, great, somebody bought your cookies for you, you're good to go, take those cookies. And another guy was like, and then the other guy starts looking around the store and he goes, they did? I said, yeah, somebody bought you cookies. You just be blessed. God wants you to know you lo- he loves you. Wow. Okay. Does that, so we, you want that kind of money too. So please, please, does that, do y'all hear that? Y'all hear me real good? Here or wherever local church is, other ministries and people that ring the bell of your heart, and then just to bless people in general with random folks. Anybody the Lord would nudge you to be generous with, right? And so it begins with being willing. It begins with first giving yourself to God. God, what do you want me to give? What do you want me to do? Right? Now let's keep reading. And it says this in verse seven, but as you abound in everything. Now notice this. Paul says, so you to the Corinthians, you abound in faith. You abound in speech, you abound in knowledge, you abound in diligence, and you abound in love. See that you abound in this grace also. And this is where I said the other day, there is a grace for giving. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right? And y'all have heard me say this before. So grace has multiple facets. One of the facets of grace is grace empowers us. So yes, grace has freely forgiven us and given us things we don't deserve. Mm -hmm. But grace also empowers us Mm -hmm. to do things. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so here Paul says, hey listen, you need to abound in the grace of giving. There is a grace on every believer for giving, and we can lend ourselves to it and grow in it. Amen. I, mean,
3: I, I just want to say that um, it doesn't matter if your giving is $50 or $20
0: or a dollar or
3: a dollar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just where, you know, because I always, and sometimes I still do, it's always like, oh, I want to give 150 bucks. And I go straight to my wife, can we afford this? It's, it's always like right there in my head. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, it, you know, even if I cut that back and said, oh, wait, it's 75 bucks is what we're going to give. That, that's still good enough. Yes. Because it was the fact that I was wanting to yeah. give because I wanted to bless.
0: Absolutely.
3: I, don't, I don't know, you know, sometimes you get discouraged, like, man, I... I can't even give $20. Well, if you got $15, that's still a blessing.
0: That's exactly right. Know, so. Absolutely. You know, well, if you don't have
3: money, I always try to give like, people compliments. Try to
0: be, absolutely. Like, oh, yes. It's not so free. <laughs> you never know what that person's doing. Absolutely. Right?
4: A small compliment right. can mean like, everything. Everything.
0: Absolutely. It well, can save their lives. And it's... Kel- Kelsey, that's right. So Kelsey, you're—I mean, there's. So Kelsey, there's. And when we talk about this, there's giving isn't just money. It's everything. Of yourself. It's of yourself. It, it is. It's your time. It's you. It's your personality. It's your kindness. It's your compliments. It's so don't. Li- and those things again should be in those same places. Right. And all of that, so it it's not limited unto money, right? It it includes, but I want to encourage all of us let it include everything. Right? Let it include every area of your life. And even if on a money side, and like what Curtis and if we come to money and if we look at our money and go, okay, well, something. Because mm-hmm. and I, I really want to make sure it's clear in what you said. Is now in the New Testament, it's not about amount. Mm-hmm. It's about heart. Yeah. It's about that willingness. It's about that giving unto God. Now, I am going to say this, that what, and this is what you'll find. Again, I promised I'd never uh, play spiritual bluff with you, right? I'd never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is what you'll find is as you give yourself to this, don't be shocked mm-hmm. if all of a sudden in your imagination, God starts going, well, how about 150 bucks? Mm-hmm. How about? And you're like, uh, ha ha, ha, ha. Well, 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 Lord, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> does that, <laughs> you, uh, you know, so don't be shy. Now, again, I, but I want you to think about it when that happens, because what, what we've painted before in this kind of stuff is a different perspective of the character of God, because I've, I've grown up in this stuff. And I've heard preachers say this my whole life, and most of the time, what I've heard preachers say is like this: Well, you're praying to God about what should you give, and all of a sudden, you know, and I'm just gonna pick. Your imagination goes 150, dollars and then your next thought is, is well, let's do 50, dollars and then they say we well, should go with the bigger number because God will be more pleased with that. Nope. See, God is like us, Kurt. You're a great dad. So many times what God is doing with us is like a good dad is he'll go, hey, you can, you can jump over that. <laughs> right? It, it, it's, kind of, it's, kind of, it's kind of like, you know, we've tried to do this with our kids and, and still maintain a measure of safety. <laughs> but they'll go, daddy, can I jump off the treehouse onto the trampoline? And, and I well, and my first is my first response has always been sure. <laughs> He's, watching. He's watching. They're watching. Now. Mama's is not. But but our heart. But see, God will be. You can do that. Mama's
2: response is you should ask your
0: daddy about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is is like we try to, do it, but I never. Does that make sense? So God is always that. Hey, you can do. Hey, mm-hmm. He's always inspiring. Mm-hmm. He, he's always in a good sense challenging, not challenging of your heart, but challenging. Hey, you can do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, you can do that. Hey, you, you can, can accomplish you that. Thought. You can do more than you imagined because I'm with you. Yes.
3: Like opening your
0: house to a small group. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. You can do that. At least it's been on me right now. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. especially this time of year. Absolutely. Well, to help your Alicia's fears, we thought so too, and God makes it abundant. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. Because we thought that we would have a super small, you know, to fit everybody, but we've had just enough seating every time. Every time. And it's all, but but that's a great analogy. Yeah, it's always, you can do that. See, God's heart, His, well, Paul said it like this Paul said, "I, I press toward the upward call of God. In Christ Jesus. See, God's voice towards us perpetually through our whole life is always a voice that is upward. It's always a a voice calling us further, right? Always saying, you can do do more. Not because you better do more or I'm going to be all upset. But his is always like, you got more in you. There's more ability in you. Like a, so it's like a strength coach. You got you got one more in you. We can put a little bit more weight on that bar. I'll spot you. I'll spot we'll you. Yeah. I'll train on that. Yeah. We'll train on that. Then and will
3: say, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, now you're well,
0: ready. Put another five pounds on that thing. Come on. The thing about
3: that is he or a spot coach
1: would never do anything.
0: That's exactly right. He'd never destroy you. Injure you. He would never injure you. He, he would never, just like, again, like Paul, that was what was happening in this Macedonian church. They had apparently caught hold of who they were and the blessing of God on the inside of them. They were presented with an opportunity to do good. And their hearts just went, well, let's empty the bank. Let's go. And Paul was kind of like, "Huh." I mean, Paul was freaking out as the minister. Whoa, 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 whoa. And they're like, no, you you taught us this. (laughs) (laughs) This is your fault. (laughs) You know, and Paul's like, oh, man, you know, I mean, does that make sense? But y'all hear this heart? Listen to me. And I, I said this a few weeks ago. I know by the spirit of God that you hear and people listening, you've been hurt in this area. Right? I know that. And my heart in this is to say, okay, let's turn our heart back to truth. Yeah. Let's come back to here. Yeah. Right? There's always some place that you'll love more than anything else mm-hmm. that you'll support. Absolutely. My heart
4: is for prisoners coming out of jail. Amen.
0: That's so awesome.
4: Because, well, Albert's the CEO over that whole thing. But those men come out of prison. They don't have another stitch of clothes to
0: put on. Mm. They don't have nothing. Mm. That's where my heart is. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, Miss Eloise, I appreciate you saying that because this is what I want us to build as a church. Mm-hmm. Bring, now that you've said that, I want us to bring these places of our heart here mm-hmm. to the family mm-hmm. so that we all can hear. Oh, wow. Well, That's there.
4: Drug yeah. And they did speakers there all day long. They sold things and they raised money. And I sent an Alabama throw and an Auburn throw that I had made and
0: quilted, and they auctioned them off. That's awesome. Yeah, well, said, well, all get <laughs> 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 well, well, see, and those, but for but okay, I'm glad to hear that. Please give me that information. As you guys have things that ring the bell of your heart, please know that's part of what we want to do here at the church is have those things available. Oh, this is out there. Because I guarantee you you're not the only one. Yeah. And-
4: Except men that's been homeless, no place to go. Uh, people that have been on drugs and need to yeah. get out. And then some of the prisoners in jail are sentenced to him. Oh, wow. Their time. And then a lot of them coming out of prison just come there
0: because nobody wants them. Amen, Grayson. That's yes. right. Amen. Let me just look at this for... Awesome. Well, let's keep walking through. That's so good. This Is helping? Yeah. Okay, good. So let's keep... We looked at this. We're just going to keep reading through. Verse 8, chapter 8, verse 8. So I speak... Now notice what Paul says. I speak not by commandment. Do y'all see that? Mm-hmm. Not so by not by... Paul is saying here, listen, we're shifting... What he, and, and what he's actually saying is, now we used to be by commandment. Yeah. We used to. But now in the New Testament, I'm not speaking by commandment about this now. Right? But I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor... That you, through his poverty, might become rich. And we covered this real well last week, so I'm not going to go over You can go back and listen to last week's message. But here, Paul then says, hey, listen, this is the basis of now New Testament generosity is this. See, Jesus was rich in this life. He became poor so that you could become rich in him. Not, and again, this was not spiritual language only. This was literally physical. Jesus was wealthy in this life. He gave it up for you and I. He exchanged his riches for our poverty on the cross so that as we believe in him, he takes our poverty and lack and he gives us his richness in this life. Does that make sense? Okay, and I know that sometimes that can be very misconstrued. Are we talking about being greedy? No. 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 Are we talking about I'm gonna get rich at the expense of somebody else? No. I'm gonna get rich by doing harm. No. But let me ask, but will God prosper you? Yes. Will God prosper you bigger than you've ever imagined? Yes. Will He do more than you can ask or think? Does he want to treat you like the monkey dime's vine? Yes. yes. Right, and he wants to he wants to make your life overflow with abundance. Yes. Is that what God wants to do for you and I? Yes.
3: Yes. That's exactly right. You're really Kurt? fighting against the forces of the world. Absolutely.
0: Kind of have this Absolutely.
2: And the one I fight the most is I've got to earn it. i got to earn everything. i got to earn it. i got to earn it. i got to earn it. i got to work hard for it. i got to earn it. And there will be work, but he's already given it. Yes. It's not, because if not, I mean, that's just what the world does. They go out there, and if they hustle harder, then they're going to earn it. But that's not the way God's stuff works.
3: Yeah, your heart won't be fulfilled with joy
0: from your work. Yeah. I don't feel like.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah Yeah. Mm-hmm. well a lot of this too is to is, is, is all of that and it's to and we're going to get is to realize Paul said to the Thessalonians we work and labor with our hands it's in I'm going to go over there real quick it's in oh second first or second Thessalonians I think it's in second Thessalonians I'm just going to read this, okay? We'll go from there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Because there is a balance of this of work. We're also not saying get rich quick. Because Proverbs warns against that. It says money gained quickly has wings like a bird. (laughs) And it flies away. (laughs) Right? We're also not talking about we do nothing. So we're not talking about socialism. Where we all sit on our duff and God just pours out money from heaven and sends little doggies with bags full of money in their mouth and all that kind of stuff. Notice this. <laughs> Chapter 3, verse 6 of 2 Thessalonians. Now, notice this change. This is Paul, same person who wrote the same letter we were just reading. Remember, we just read before. Paul said, when it comes to giving, not by commandment. Verse 6. But we command you, now notice this, he switches, he goes, now I'm giving you a command, but we command you, brothers, in the name of Jesus, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition that you receive from us. And so now he goes, so Paul says, hey, listen, this is my command. You don't hang out with certain types of people. People who didn't do what we told you to do. We read verse seven. For you know yourself how you ought to follow us. For we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge. But we worked and labored and toiled night and day that we may not be a burden to any of you. Does it matter that you're talking to a different group of people? It doesn't matter in this case, no. No. Cause this is all, in, but notice Paul says, Hey, listen, here's my command. You don't hang out with lazy people. <laughs> that's what Paul, that's what Paul was at. You don't hang out with moochers, people who work or don't work and want everything. See, cause what had happened in Paul's day here in the new Testament, a little bit of stuff is they had, the church had developed a bit of the Roman culture. So in Roman culture, it was heavily socialist. One of, and you can go back up, one of the downfalls that caused the Roman Empire to fall was the citizens had become dependent on the government to give them daily food. Not the king. Not it was the empire. It was, think just socialism. Mm-hmm. Rome began to just give out free food, mm-hmm. free money, free stuff. You didn't have to pay for it. Oh, it sounds, it sounds familiar, right? Yeah. And so all this. And you find out, Ms. Eloise, now here's the thing, not, not to get overly political, but of all the great empires in human history that fail, all of them fell. And all of them, one of the reasons they fail was this very reason. They got into socialism. They got into supplying free stuff with no work. And their, and their civilization failed. Right. Well, here Paul says, hey, I give you a command, don't hang out with people who do that. Don't hang out with lazy people. He says, there I love what he calls being lazy. It's disorderly and outside of tradition. Paul says, and we weren't disorderly in that we worked. Now I don't know if y'all Paul had a job. He was a tent maker. Paul created a business and a skill where he could travel and take care of himself in ministry. And Paul tells the people, he says, hey, listen, work, right? Don't eat anybody's bread free of charge, right? But we worked and labored and toiled night and day that we might not be a burden to you, not because we didn't have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. Mm -hmm. Now, Paul said it's not that we didn't have a, a right to say, hey, we're coming here, we're bringing you the word of God, you should take care of us. Mm-hmm. But Paul said, I wanted to be an example for you. So I went out and got work. Because mm-hmm. this, this is what good church tradition is, is we work. For even when we were with you, we commanded you in this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Mm-hmm. Right? For if you hear that, for we hear that there are some who walk among you in this disorderly manner, not working at all but our busybodies, <laughs> right? Now, those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. So he basically says, we command all these lazy people go out there and get you a job and eat, you, eat your own bread. Quit mooching off of people. But as for you, brothers, do not grow. Now, notice this. this sound sounds like something we read just a few weeks ago. But for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. What's that doing good he's talking about here? Mm-mm. Not in this context. What's he talking about here? We've just been reading it. What's work. the work? work. Do- That's right. If you're lazy, no. You don't. He says, do not grow weary in doing good. And the good here he's talking about is your work. Don't get weary in doing your job. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Just, y'all, y'all look at me like, a, yeah. like brother, y'all look at me like a cow at a new gate. y'all all right?. Good. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> right? Again, good. You're good. Still, Amen you That's right. Does that make? <laughs> yes. So we work and it's a good. Love it. And if, and, notice, and if anyone does not obey our word in this letter, Note that person and do not keep company with him. Now, this is one of only two times in the entire Bible where Paul actually says, "Hey, don't hang out with that person. Don't hang out with now just don't hang out with lazy Christians. Mm, Not Not just because some of the world out there they don't know any better. He's talking to believers. He's saying, don't hang out with lazy believers." Every church. I get. That's exactly right. Don't hang out with lazy believers. Hey, I love this. That they may be ashamed. I mean, Paul is, <laughs> Paul is just like, you should be ashamed of yourself, right? Why? You lazy and not working. Yet do not count them as an enemy, right? So he says, don't hate them. Don't treat them like an enemy. Yeah. But admonish them as a brother. So we should look at him and go, "Hey, how's work coming? Oh, I ain't working. But but they need to get you. Let's get yeah. you a job.
1: Yeah. Hey,
0: I will help you. Yeah, I'm going to admonish you like a brother. They're hiring over at my place. Come on over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let me help you. Now may the Lord God of peace give peace in every way. And the Lord be. And there was one in here, and I have to find it. But we read through that. But in this whole thing, Paul said. But one of the reasons why we go to work is so that we would have something to give.
3: So Hold on. I, my brain was going off what you just said. So yeah. If you... You said, "Hey, come on over. We got a job." Yeah, and if this person is going to be being complaining because they don't have anything, and you're like, yeah. "Okay, well, we, what's work? Well, I got a job over here." Yeah, and then they're like, oh, "Well, yeah. you know, I'm looking." And then you, what do you say to
0: them? Well, are you probably going to starve? Or- yeah, I would look at them and like, like, well, they they say, "Well, brother, uh, we bring well, what we say." And my advice is, we bring them right back to these passages and go, "Well, brother, as a Christ follower, here, here is." Here is our instruction, Mr. Grayson. That is right. Here is our instruction as Christ followers. We work. And I'll have to look it up and I'll do it for time. But in Paul, one of his letters, he said, and the reason why we work for believers, one of the primary reasons we work is that we would have something to give. The other primary reason we work is that we would take care of our family. So the two primary reasons as Christ followers, we go to work. Is so that we provide for our family and we have something to give. We have a source to give from. We're not consumers of everything, but we are producers. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, all right, back over to 2 Corinthians. I'm going to finish this part of chapter 8 and then next week we'll pick up in chapter 9. So this, he says in verse 10, And in this I give advice. It is to your. I love. Do you see that? Paul says, "I'm not commanding mm-hmm. when it comes to giving. I'm not commanding, but I am going to give you some advice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to give you. A, here's here's Paul's advice. It is to your advantage. Everybody say, my advantage. my advantage. Not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago. So now notice what Paul is saying here to these people again. Apparently, this opportunity to give is a year old. Paul had come a whole year before. And these people of their own heart, the Corinthians, said, we're going to get involved in that. He says, it's to your advantage that you do what you started and what you wanted to do. So who is the source? Who starts your giving program? I do. You do. Did y'all hear that? Mm-hmm. Paul here says you are the motor of your giving program. Whatever you have started, you have begun, and you were wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. The message says
0: right here
3: is that once. Have made that commitment, it's clear, you do what you can and not what you can't.
0: That's exactly right. You do what you just, and we're going to look at this. So if you're taking notes, I found in the passages we're going to read, we've been reading it today, we're going to read it and finish it next week. But here are the six components, and y'all help me come up with a better word, Components. 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 Of New Testament giving, I don't know if there's a better word. I'll read them, and you tell me if there's a better word, right? The first component we've already been reading about is your willingness. Component number one, huh? the ingredients, maybe the ingredients, the, the parts that make up New Testament giving. Number one, and these are in order that I saw them in Scripture as, of priority. Number one, your willingness. That's the first ingredient to New Testament giving is your willingness. Number two, we just read it here, your preparedness, being prepared to give. And again, I'll say this. Y'all have heard me say this now for five years if y'all have been with us this long as a church. That's why I do not spring offerings on you. I promise I won't ever come up and go, we need the money now. <laughs> <laughs> Our spring, we got guests so-and-so coming into town, right? Now, there's times we've had surprise guests come. I've taken up offerings for them, but you've heard me say we've got a budget line in the budget that'll pay for them to be here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We've already prepared to give. If you would like to add to that, you're welcome to, but I realize they just showed up today. It's not fair for me. To come to you guys and go well they, they showed up and I let them come preach and now you got to give extra mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. y'all hear me yeah. because one of the ingredients ingredient number two we just read it is your preparedness to give because Paul said hey listen you wanted to do this you began this a year ago right so this was Paul wasn't springing an offering on these people He says in verse 11, but now you also must complete the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. Right? That there's a completion out of what you had. So component number two is you're prepared to give. So we're willing to give. We're prepared to give. Right? Right? number 3 and we'll read this next week we're generous to give right so it's willing it's prepared it's generous number 4 that are taking up it's purposed right it's purposed by you and it's also purposed for something
1: yeah where you
0: wanted to go where it's going so your giving needs to have a purpose does that make sense, right? Number five, it's cheerful. God doesn't want any sad giving. No Scrooge is no allowed. That's exactly right. Right? I mean, the joking y'all have heard me say it. God doesn't want you to take Uncle Benjamin Franklin and put him in that envelope on Sunday morning and weep tears and go, "Bye, Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never see you again." For- We love you. (laughs) We don't know where you're going. (laughs) Right. God doesn't want God wants your giving to be. Bye, Uncle Ben. He wants to be cheerful, excited, joyful. And I love what our pastor, Pastor Greg Moore says. And hey, listen, if you can't give it cheerfully, don't give it. Please hear me say that. Whatever you give, if it can't be cheerful, don't give it. Now I also would say this: just get cheerful. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Just get cheerful in first. the given. Get, get cheerful first. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And then finally, number six, it should be regular, and we'll look at that. Some of these we're going to look at next week. But I just did want to make sure I mentioned them this week so you can be. So those are the six ingredients, the six components, whatever you want to call them. I, I don't want to call them steps because they're not steps. Right, But they're the six things. And to me, that's the order also of importance. Right? That they walk down. So again, for just for, to review it, right? It's willing. It's prepared. It's generous. It's purposeful. It's cheerful. Right? And it's regular. And we're going to look at that. But we'll finish up here, as I said. And what we looked at this morning was... Willing in the first parts of being prepared. So back in chapter 8, verse 12, he says, For if there is first, what does he say? If there is first what? Willingness. My new New King James says, if there's first a willing mind. So again, your giving does not begin in your wallet. Your beginning Your giving begins in a willing heart. Being willing. It is accepted. Now, notice what Paul says. First, it begins in a willing mind. Then it is accepted according to what you have, not according to what you don't have. So please hear me. I'm going to address another error. If you've ever watched, unfortunately, any television preachers do not do not everybody say do not do Do not not. everybody say one more say say do not do not do not not. can i say that woman just don't give on credit meaning i've heard so many preachers well if you don't have the thousand dollars today that's okay just give the thousand dollars on your credit card and god will supply that is false teaching Amen. But listen, do not, God doesn't want your credit. Because again, God is not interested in the amount. God is interested in your willing heart. So I've got $5 I can willingly, cheerfully, gladly, able to give today. That outweighs $5,000 Given unwillingly, unprepared, out of manipulation, out of even whatever. Does that make sense? Because that's not what God wants. Paul says that. He goes, this is my advice. Give based on what you got. What it, and, and I love that y'all hear this, that Paul saying it doesn't. Uh, he, he actually kicks it out of the realm of amount. And he brings it right into the realm of the heart. Because $5 given from a willing heart outweighs a larger offering in quantity given from an unwilling heart. Do y'all hear me? Do y'all... So it begins first with a willing heart. Next it goes to, well, what am I able to do? Where am I able to give? What's that amount? What does that look like? Right? Verse 13, Paul says, for I do not mean... That others would be eased and you burdened. Listen to God. God doesn't want one group of people blessed and now you're walking away going, well, I guess we're fasting. (laughs) Does that make sense? But by equality that now at this time your abundance would supply their lack and their abundance would also supply your lack. That there may be equality. Here Paul actually talks about real equality. Hey, you have an ability to give now to bless this person, this ministry, this whatever over here, right? The quality part is, is one day they'll do the same. Everybody is now the same. God wants equal giving. He does not mean equal amount. God wants equal heart in giving. Because see, if if I'm able, for example, if I'm able to give $100, willingly, cheerfully, because that's what I'm able to do, but again, maybe Kurt, he's able to give $50, but he's giving it from the same heart, he's giving it from the same place, then now our offerings are exactly the same. Do you see that? Now we're actually practicing real equality because he gave from what he could from his heart. I gave from what I could from my heart. We both gave it first and foremost to the Lord from our heart to him. And God looks at that and goes, same. Same. Does that? Anyway.
1: Okay. Amen. Okay.
0: As it is written, and we'll finish here. As it is written, he who gathered much had nothing left over. And he who gathered a little had no lack. Right? And here he says, there's that thing. But listen, it's, y'all hear it's about heart. So... What we're going to do now, and we always want to, to give an opportunity to respond to this from a heart level. Again, we give here as a church. There's the offering buckets if you want to give. Those that give regularly, you give. Some of you give in cash. Some of you, like Selena and I do, we give using the tech stuff. We have different ways to give. I want you this morning, and Selena, I'm just asking you, I just want you to play I want a thank you song this morning, please. Selena's going to play this song that she wrote. I want you to just listen. We're just going to sit here. But this morning, what I want us to do is, again, if you're here and, and for whatever reason you've struggled with this concept of giving, right? You've struggled with this because, again, maybe you come from the place, like I said, you come from a place that there was hurt, there was abuse, you've seen things done wrong, right? Or maybe you come from a place and you just didn't get it. All right, or or whatever. I know there's, today, this morning, what I want us to do is to say, Lord, first, I give myself to you, right? I give my finances to you. I give how I make my money to you. Right, I give myself, this is like, that's where, and I want us this morning to start with saying, Lord, today, and I'm just gonna pray this, and Father, and if you're in agreement, just within yourself, I want you to agree if you agree, and if you don't, no worries, you just sit, sit still. But Father, today we come, and Lord, I give, I give first of all my heart to you in my area of money. and give my work to you today, Lord, the opportunities you've given us and all the different industries you've helped us start and made us a part of, Lord, today, Lord, I say they're yours. And thank you. Thank you for blessing us. Lord, thank you over this last month or so as I've changed, leading me to new clients and leading me to the places where I can serve people with what we sell. So grateful and so thankful. And Father, one more time, Lord, just within me, Lord, I'm so willing, willing to give, willing to be generous, Lord, willing to be abundant. Lord, just show me what that looks like. Show me where that is. But Lord, I start with me.